Welcome to the 5am grind. Our mission is to create content to help you pursue your dreams in entrepreneurship or land that dream career. Tune in every week to get insights on mindset, goal setting, lifestyle, and exclusive interviews from leading entrepreneurs and business leaders across the country. Uh, welcome to the 5am grind hearts what's up man nothing much man what's up with you it's good i feel like uh i do apologize it's been a while that we haven't done this <laughs> yeah um my apologies to the audience and our listeners i've been busy developing an online course um and i launched my first cohort a couple of weeks ago so i've been busy doing that and how long how long was it how long was it for the course was for two weeks, and then I took mm-hmm. the two weeks before that to just prepare all the material for the course. So I think we've been off for four weeks, I believe, four weeks, yeah. five weeks, something like that. It was a great experience. You know, one of the things I didn't expect to launch this year in 2022 was an online course, and I launched that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> really, really fascinating. Yeah. Um, as you know, you can imagine online courses, great business. Like the margin on these courses, fantastic. We had, uh, it's myself and another person doing it. So the other person is quite active on Twitter. As you know, like I've been trying to go my Twitter account. It's been it's been going well. It's been good. Um, the other person that I'm doing the course with is also on Twitter. He tweets about finance and accounting content mm. as well. We decided to launch a course together. It's a cohort-based course, so it's live where I'm actively teaching live to a, yeah, a yeah. cohort of students. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a and lot what, of fun. What was the course about? What was it on about? Uh, good question. So the topic, the course name is Good Business, Bad Business. Essentially, it's kind of like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Basically, it's yeah. teaching you what the qualities of a good business are and how that differs from a bad business. And so for so, people who are buying? Or for people who are um, starting? So we're targeting both or anybody that's interested. So it could be an investor that's looking for a good business to invest in. It could be a founder that's trying to build a business that is good to run for the long term. So we're targeting those types of aspects. You know, a lot of people did make the difference between investors, this owner is this, but really you're you're the same. (laughs) The owner and investor are both the same thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, some of the best owners are great capital allocators, which means they're yeah. able to take their money invested very well in their business. Uh, I'm actually reading a book about this. It's called The Outsiders. Um, maybe I'll sort of summarize some of the key findings of that book on yeah, this podcast. Yeah. But fantastic book. Um, but yes, essentially, that's what it is. So essentially, it, it teaches you a lot of the characteristics that a good business has. For example, yeah, an economic moat. They're ca- not very cyclical usually uh, non-discretionary type businesses. They have high returns on capital, um, things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the... needed, man. That's yeah. very needed because I see a lot of people who just like um, have money and they throw it into random places. Like, I mean, um, and I think we I talked about this in the last podcast too, which keeps like, it kind of haunts me of somebody who threw in six figures into a restaurant business, not even seeing their financial statements. I mean, that's like insane. <laughs> right. right. All right. Oh, and you have yeah. that people. How much is the course? How much is the course? 
So the course is a thousand dollars US. Um, Money well spent, man. Like, if, yeah, because there's a lot of people who out there who need this information. You think it's common sense, but it's not yeah. because people look at stuff and be like, "Oh my god, oh well, how many people uh, eat like a burger? Maybe I should open up a burger shop." You know, it's like it's not that easy, right? Like, because everybody eats a burger, right? Correct. So it's like to actually think about it to like flesh out the ideas and figure out all these things that you're talking about. It's very like difficult not difficult it's it's something that you could be taught but at the same time um you don't want to be fifty thousand hundred thousand dollar in, in in a business and then realize you've just burnt all this money for no reason correct so it's better to do correct. the homework in the beginning yeah and i mean a lot of people lose sight of this especially in business a lot of entrepreneurs are like you know it becomes like a hobby they're like oh yeah. i'll start this little business on the side then they're like oh my god i don't know anything about financials and am i making money yeah. am i spending wisely where is my money going i yeah, don't understand yeah, yeah. so yeah, essentially yeah. we're trying to break all of these myths and concepts apart and break it yeah. down and make it simple in layman's terms yeah, yeah, yeah when are you doing it again we're gonna be doing it again in december so uh we're gonna be opening registration sometime in november i'll tweet it out if you follow me uh at aliva cfo on twitter you can yeah. Well, we can do some information below too where, where can they like reach out if they want to know more information about or get more information about this about the course just dm me on twitter i can leave my twitter handle in awesome. the uh show notes here and then yeah, yeah. you can get in touch yeah, yeah. definitely yeah, man I, I feel like this information is even people who think oh yeah like i know what i'm getting into you don't know what you're getting into and unless you're in it unless you've bought like three four businesses you don't yeah, know yeah. what you're getting yeah. into you don't know what you're getting into <laughs> you know after you've seen three four businesses thoroughly inside out how they work every single yeah. aspect marketing accounting sales Correct. everything you know compliance risk management if you've seen everything inside out a three four businesses then you kind of get a, a, a thumb on things but before yeah. that man you don't you don't it, a lot of it's just look i've seen i've seen business owners who like have like brought business up to five million dollars in revenue and they thought mm. they just knew everything but so what they did was they sold a perfectly good business and went into some really dumb stuff right because they thought you know what i'm the magic right when yeah. it was right place right time they couldn't they burnt the entire freaking business they, they lost everything so they lost what they had and then they lost what they sold it for and then now they got nothing because they oh don't know God. how to look at businesses Ouch. it's like it's incredibly freaking insane that to burns. see five million dollar five million profitable business sold for yeah. 30 million the founder burns that because they think they know what they're doing like it's dumb that it's like a, it's a, a once in a lifetime business. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it, that, no business is too small. Like, you need to get into like understanding exactly what you're talking about because that that knowledge isn't out there. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow! Wow, interesting. All right. So I thought uh, since it's the beginning of Q4, we do a bit of a, an economic update on. We've done one for Q1. We've done one for Q2. We yeah. didn't do one at the beginning of Q3, but we can do one now, you know, wrapping up Q3 as to how it went, et cetera. Um, so three questions we usually address on an update like this one. Number one, what are your thoughts on the path of interest rates in 2022? Um, and we could talk about inflation as well in that point. Mm. Question number two is, are we going into a recession? Seems like there is a lot of discussion around this right now. And number three with real estate, what's happening with real estate prices in Toronto and Canada, broadly speaking? Yeah. Okay. So number one, interest rates. Um, Harris, the Bank of Canada is what, 3.25 or something? Uh, 
I mean, I should DLC. know this, but I don't. I feel like you should know this. You're the real estate guy. <laughs> it is, uh, come on, man. Yeah, three and a quarter. Yeah. Three and a quarter. Okay. 3.25. Okay. Um, I just had sent Horace a chart from visualcapitalist.com. Uh, we're not sponsored by them. We just think they make really cool charts yeah. and graphics. This chart that we're looking at, published in the start of October, basically shows the path of interest rate hikes uh, going back to the 80s, the 80s. And basically, the conclusion of this is the rate hikes we've been going through in 2022, interest rates have been rising faster than any other time in history. Yeah. Although this feels very fast, well, I guess it is very fast. This is the fastest yeah. they've gone up in history. Yeah. Uh, interestingly well, enough, uh, yeah. just uh, I'll leave one comment about inflation. So when they started raising rates, the other period that this is very similar to is the 80s, Paul Volcker, uh, the late 80s. He started raising rates when inflation was at 3.6% at the start of the cycle. Um, and then he raised rates by, it looks like, 3.23% in total over 14 months. The inflation rate at the start of this cycle is 6.77%, so double what it was in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and I told you Paul Vorker raised rates by 3.23 over 14 months. We've gone, we've gone 236 in six months. But um, where did Paul Volcker start off with? That's the other thing, though. Um, it doesn't really give information on that, does it? No. You mean what interest rate did he start at? Yeah. Oh, right. Because uh, the change then is exponential, right? Like if he's starting off at 10% and your interest rate goes to like 13, he's he's pushed it up 30%. Whereas we've effectively, what, like doubled or tripled? We've tripled yeah. our interest rates. Where it's 3x. So yep. percentage-wise, it's a huge difference because uh, um, the effect on loans is very different because when you're you're um, loaning money out based on people's affordability and what they can afford, and the interest rate is like three times now what it was before, it's going to have right. a very big difference on your payment as opposed to just pushing it up 30%. Correct. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I'm getting some conflicting information here. Um, well, it looks um, like the total cycle during Paul Volcker's time, uh, the interest rate averaged eleven point two percent in yeah. that period. Yeah, so it's quite so, high. So, but I mean, but if he if it's eleven uh, percent and he pushed it up three point two three, you could say it's safe to say he pushed it up thirty percent, right? Mm -hmm. Roughly thirty percent give or take is what he pushed it up but that's equivalent yeah. to like where did we start off at we started off at one and a half so it's it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of going from one and a half to two percent yeah well i mean we didn't start at one did we start at like zero point something percent yeah i mean <laughs> why like it's a forget about zero let's do 0.25 then so it's yeah. like going from 0.25 you do 0.25 to 0.5 right? right and you've doubled interest rates correct correct Correct. Yeah. I mean, yes, like in terms of uh rate of change, this is nuts. Yeah, we went yeah. from uh where are we? Where were we? January of this year, we were at 0.25. We are now at 3.25 Bank of Canada. This is uh yeah, dude, this is nuts. This is these yeah. are crazy increases. Yeah, Basically, pretty, we've gone up 
I'm pretty sure if there's another graph in terms of percentage of change, we're going to be like this. And I like, oh, let me put it up to the camera. You mean like vertical? That. Vertical? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then these guys are even, even the 3.23 is going to be kind of like leveled off based on percentage of the, the, the interest rate and how much you're hiking it up. Yeah. 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 So. No, no, de- definitely. Uh, definitely. <laughs> it's quite something. This is quite something. But here's the other thing. Um, yeah. What we've gone into this with is unprecedented as well. We've printed so much money. Yeah, there's been well, arguably you could say that Paul Volcker was in in, in a similar situation, not the other ones, because in the graph you have 94, 95, 99 to 2000, 04 to 06, 15 to 18. Like, I think Paul Volcker, one of the biggest inflationary um, pushes was when gold was uh, uh, the the U.S. dollar was taken off the gold standard. Right. The, the peg was taken off. And so you had an inflationary boom that like kind of because the gold stand, um, the peg to the gold was kind of pulling everything down. All of a sudden, when you took that off, there is a huge mm. like amount of inflation over right. here. We had a similar thing where everybody's kind of sitting at home and you're getting checks. So nobody's working. No, no, nothing is being produced. And at the same time, money's being put into the economy and people don't really understand, which like really this kind of drives home the fact that. Money is just a means of trying to quantify time or preserve time that you put into something. But at the end of the day, what really matters is hard goods. And those yeah. hard goods, there is less of them because less people are working and there's more money chasing it. So it could be priced at whatever. Yeah. I mean, expectations are for the Fed to be at 4.4, the U.S. Mm. Fed 4.5%. I would think the Bank of Canada is the same, 4.5%. Mm. Uh, I mean, this is this I don't is quite we're something. Get there. I don't think we're going to. Why not? Why not? Well, um, did you hear? I think it was the last week. What happened in Britain? What happened? I mean, There's... the the UK is like a total mess. They're trying to like yeah. what stimulate the economy while they're also raising rates. It makes no sense. Yeah. So the, I mean, I, I, the G seven c- countries and everybody in the West is trying to coordinate. Right. Um, everybody increasing the rates at the same time. Right. Yeah. But what issue happened was was in the uk and this is the biggest thing um their uh pension plans were were all defined benefits so they needed to chase a certain amount of return so right. what they ended up doing was they leveraged up to buy more bonds because that's safe right and they leveraged up because interest rates were really low bonds weren't getting that many that many that much yield so they're they borrowed as much as they could Right to get to that six, seven, whatever eight percent hypothetical number it is to get that return. Now, mm. when you're hiking up interest rates, like no tomorrow, their yeah. cost went through the roof of uh, how much you're borrowing for. Simultaneously, um, it's not like the receipts for like the bonds goes down; like the value went down. So the bonds yeah. that they were holding, that the leverage to buy, it went down. And they couldn't get any like buyers. So now like they're trying to offload and they couldn't get any buyers there because they were just offloading so much. So then the government kicks in, says, hey, unlimited quantitative easing. We're going to be buying as much as we possibly can. And these kind of things. And it's also in the face of a weakening pound, right? Sterling is right. kind of going down. But every every currency is going down. Um, the U.S. dollar is going up. And that's only, I feel like, just because a force of habit. I don't think it's a real reason. But that's a different story. I don't think Canada is far from we're closer to the UK in that sense than we are the states. The states maintaining this because they could still have a strong currency because they're the reserve currency and everybody's by default running to it. Hmm. Um, whereas if you if you're raising interest rates, so the cost of everything internally is going up to borrow. 
same time, your currency is weakening, so you can't import things. You're like you're in a very bad situation. Yeah, yeah, agreed. agreed. So Canada's in a similar situation, man. Our, our currency is going down. Um, I don't think that we're in the best position that we. I mean, we're not in a good situation. I would say, and not nobody is. I, but at the same time, we're closer to the UK than we are to to the US. It, okay. All right. Interesting. So why do you say they're not going to raise rates? So because I think they will, because they want to bring inflation under control. You think it's because of the debt cost yeah. on government debt, the cost on government debt that they won't? Um, Who is not? The um, U.S. Canadians? Like the U.S. The and Canadians. Well, both. both. Oh. I think something's, we're a day away from something breaking. That's what yeah. I think. I think that they have intentions to bring it up and we're yep. going to keep chugging along. This is not yes. a head fake because they were nope. head faking for a decade. Right. Yes. Um. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Yep, they're head, yep, yep. head faking like no tomorrow. People didn't take them seriously. Like you could head fake once, man, but you do it enough, people just like, all right, this guy's just like head faking all the time. He's twitching. Correct. Right. Yeah. So it's a twitch. It's no longer like um, premeditated. So now what's happening is is the cost for all these companies who've leveraged up to do share buybacks to prop up the stock market that was one of the biggest things man you you gave ceos of these huge companies enormous stock uh, uh options and then correct you had debt that was worth like you could borrow for nothing so they're yep. buying to prop up those shares and so right. that they could offload theirs and and whatever. So now that yeah. that debt is too high. Um, it's uh, even like Toys R Us going bankrupt. It's all pure because of like the debt that was on there. It was not because the company was necessarily poor. It was just so much debt. A lot of companies have debt. The U.S. government has a lot of debt, and eventually they're going to get into a cycle. Like they have a, a ceiling. We don't know where that ceiling is, but they have a ceiling where if you raise interest rates higher than that, then you're just printing money to um you're getting more debt to pay off the interest and then that's Correct. a cycle that like you're you're gonna get crushed you're not gonna yeah, win that battle yeah, no no you're no not you're not, you're not you're not you're not you're not no right. you're not so there's a ceiling uh, I, there but you don't know when it is yeah it becomes like one of those other countries you know like what is it brazil or something venezuela venezuela where there's like crazy yeah. inflation and like the the currency is worthless yeah, uh, yeah. it becomes a disaster real quick yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we, we've established sort of that the path of interest rates you think isn't going to go up that quickly. I seem to think, yeah, they're serious about inflation. They're going to raise it. They're going to you know try and kill the economy. I think the path is, maybe this is too conventional, but the path will be raise, raise, try to get it under control, uh, cause a recession, unemployment goes up, and then cut, 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 cut. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. No. I think I think I mean I agree to agree with you, but at the same time, I feel like that's what they're aiming for. And that's what is in the back of their minds. Correct. But something's gonna break, right? Like it's gonna be another Lehman Brothers or some other nonsense. Um, because you don't know, like as much as the economy is very complex, it's very fragile. So you don't know where the crack's gonna happen. We think, oh yeah, it's like so easy. You just raise interest rates, and like here's the other thing, which I don't understand. You are leveraging interest rates um, to get a hold of the inflation, but a lot of the money that was sent was actually just given to people as checks. Shouldn't you increase taxes as well? Because that's how you're going to get that money back, right? Like, how are you putting 
uh, funding or currency into an economy one way and then take trying to take it out another way, right? Like the way you put a lot of the money that was put into it was put into it to a through a fiscal uh, yeah. uh, avenue, right? But they're trying to bring it back from a monetary avenue. Like those don't think those things don't collide as much, right? Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. That's or even point. even That's even even the monetary stuff. Sorry, dude, not to cut you off, but like yeah, the no, monetary. No, no. There's different levers, right? There's like where you're you're buying bonds, right, and selling bonds or whatever it is, and and the, the Fed was essentially getting into junk bonds, and then there is like the interest rates that they're leveraging to encourage people borrowing the overnight lending rate, right? Yeah. So yeah. right now the overnight lending rate, effectively, a lot of people are saying that like it's not going to have an, as much of an effect as they think, just because banks already have money that they're holding on to. So, Correct. They should be going into QT. They should be Q, and they're doing some quantitative tightening. Definitely, they're doing that, right? Where they're, um, uh, I think they're selling off whatever they can, which is going to come out as losses. But they're selling off whatever they can. But a lot of stuff they can't. A lot of these government bonds that they've bought T bills. There's no buyers. There's no buyers left. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, interesting. No. That's my. We're, um, I mean, it's quite interesting, right? You and I graduated in whatever the financial crisis, and we've never seen. Interest rates above what three percent, mm. above four percent, and now like we're getting there. It's it's mm. an interesting time. So, question number two was going to be: Do you think are we going into a recession? Well, here's my question to you first. Yeah, do you think the U.S. Do you classify the U.S. as in a recession right now? Yeah. Uh, what do we define recession as? Like negative GDP or something like that? Well, I mean, haven't they hit that? Haven't so, they yeah, so they had two two consecutive consecutive quarters where GDP declined. Yeah, yes. so the argument was that hey, we don't want to call it a recession because Correct. our labor market is strong, and we coincidentally are going into midterm elections. But let's forget about that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, would, would you would you put them in? Would you peg them as in a recession? Technically, they're in a recession because they meet yeah. the technical definition of a recession. If yeah. that's what we're going to call a recession, it's two quarters of negative GDP. Then yes, they're in a recession. I don't care about unemployment. I understand it's the Fed's mandate to keep unemployment low, um, but obviously it's gonna go. It's gonna go high now if they raise rates, like because companies are gonna lay off people, etc. I also think unemployment is sort of a lagging indicator. I don't know, man. You know, companies hold on to people, then fire a little later on. So I don't know. Maybe we might see an uptick in unemployment a little later this year slash early next year. But yeah, I know. I think I think they're definitely yeah. in a. Uh, Technically in a recession. So I also think that there's hypothetical numbers that they put in for unemployment because obviously they can't see how many people have been employed. Um, It's through surveys. And there's also like, oh, we just guesstimate based on these metrics that this is how many new businesses were created and this is how many many new jobs were created. So you don't really know for a fact. There's been plenty of times where they've had a number and then two months later when all the other data comes in they're like oh yeah actually we're we're um reevaluating and bringing it down so i don't think the u.s is in a strong job market uh, position definitely mm. don't think so why do you say that you think participation might be uh low which is why they're just showing low unemployment yeah i think there's participation is low and there's a lot of underemployment um that right. considering as employment yeah. Um. So there's a lot of that. I, I definitely feel like, I, I mean, a few weeks ago, I don't know, a few months ago, and I think we talked again, talked about this in the last podcast, but the fact that like um, you have a labor pool that hasn't increased 
but there's more jobs that were created at the same time. Unemployment remained the same. Um, th- this was uh, government statistics. It was not third party or anybody making that stuff up. It was yeah. the government making it up. But anyways, so you're basically what it pointed towards was people were getting more jobs so that they could survive. And that's right. what's kind of happening. People who are employed are getting more jobs. You you don't really have a strong market. How's that a strong market if you need to go from your nine to five um, every day to go Uber at evening so you can survive? That's not survival. Like, yeah, you could, from a that's statistical perspective, it's like, oh my God, there's more jobs being created and more economy and this and that. You know what I mean? And the top line revenue, for example, the GDP, the nominal GDP is going through the roof, but your recession is going through the roof. No. Yeah, no, that's 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 crazy. That's crazy, crazy, crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so I don't, doesn't I make don't any believe sense. any of this nonsense. You, uh, yeah. So what, what, do you, what do you think? Recession? Yes. Like yeah, if I was I to agree. ask you the question. Yeah, I would say we're, uh, the U.S. is in a recession for sure. Yep. Um, now you can argue whether it's a strong, a deep recession, strong recession, light recession, all yeah, that other severity. stuff you can argue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, that's open for conversation. Is it as severe as 08? Maybe not. Right. But we are in recession. Um, Canada, I, I think that we're if we're not already in recession, we're knocking knocking on the door. Just because I don't know, I just feel like, um, yeah, housing has gone down. A lot of our stuff, man, is real estate connected. That's kind of gone down. Um, startups and stuff. You have some tech businesses, um, but and our uh, Toronto has become a very pretty, pretty decent tech hub, to be honest. It has. Yep. Um, and, and I didn't think so. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't think so, but it has become a pretty decent tech hub. So it's um, the innovation there has been pretty good. Um, so in that sense, uh, where I think it's good. Uh, I, I feel I heard at least and this is uh, analogous now. Um, and, and maybe you even know better since you've lived there for, for some time, but, uh, I had cousins in Calgary saying how, um, they can't find, uh, enough people to work over there. So it's, really it's difficult. Yeah. And then, um, we saw, I think I saw online too, that there was like a net loss Ontario had to, to yeah, people, people basically migrating from Ontario to Alberta. I've heard yeah. the same. I've heard the yeah. same. I guess you touched on housing. So let's come. We can spend quite a bit of time on this one. So question number three was going to be what's happening to real estate in Toronto now? And then where do you think it's going for the rest of this this year and maybe in 2023? What are you seeing now uh, in the market? Because you obviously follow it a lot closer than I do. Yeah, um, it's uh, business has gone down. I mean, without a doubt, Um, transactions, um, volume, buying and selling is down. 50% 50% easy. Holy um, cow, okay. Yeah. Refinance, I don't know. I know in the States, <laughs> refinance dipped like, I think it was uh, 50% or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the States has something different because in the States, refinancing, like you don't have to refinance. They're, they're in 30-year terms over here. Five-year terms, people kind of have to go back into the market. It adjusts itself every five years. Um, but at the same time, um, when you're going from one bank to the other, you don't really, um, it, like it's all done internally. So, um, for our market, for example, for the legal market, it's just kind of dried up, um, for the mortgage itself, there might be some friction there. I don't know. But the other thing that kind of was, uh, I don't know, it was, I, and I've seen this article a few, these stats in a few different places, 
Mississauga, for example, where I live, for the listeners who care, um, their transaction last month, September, year over year, transaction volume went down around 47%, but the pricing remained the same. Yeah. The housing prices did not fall from last year. They're roughly right. around the same, even though you you, ha- you hear a lot of doom and gloom and this and that and whatever. Um it's not it was not as as poor i feel like the stats that canadians are watching are a little bit wrong also i think three weeks ago four weeks ago terra view so the registry office came out with numbers and they they said that in the according to their records three there was a three percent bump in housing prices across canada i mean sorry not bump uh three percent decline in housing prices across canada that's also very different from what um the realtors are saying, oh my God, everything's burning and whatever. And yeah. the registry office would have more accurate data than the realtors would because um, anybody who uses a realtor will get that information. But um, if you're doing a private sale, it doesn't come up. Um, and uh, whereas the registry data, it's all what's registered online. So mm-hmm. um, you know exactly like this is how much it was sold. That's what the number they use to calculate your land transfer tax, all of that stuff. So that is something that you cannot fudge. You can't do anything. There's no transcription error. There's, I would say, less likelihood of that. And it captures all of the data. Hmm. So, or most of the data. And they're saying there's a 3% dip. So I don't understand exactly where 10, 20, 30, 50% is. I do feel like, uh, for example, a lot of times where they're saying there's a 30% dip. If you looked at the numbers, there's one house sold last year in that town. And it looked like nothing like the house that was sold this year and that d- dropped 30%. And just like, okay, this is not right. really um, significant. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There's like the, the flaws of statistics, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So I think a lot of that was used sensationalized stuff, right? Right, right. Um, to show that it's more dramatic than it actually yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. I don't I don't think we are I don't think again like I don't think the Canadian market even right now um from a real estate perspective I still do not believe we're in the same space as for example Florida or any of these other places like Florida is mm-hmm. dropping but it's dropping cuz uh, there was just so much exuberance you had so many uh, big investor firms coming in buy up so much and they thought it was going to go up forever um and and in the states it's easier to build houses it's easier to have excess supply in Canada. That's not easy. It's centrally planned. Yeah. yeah it's very like focused. Um, and you could see that because rents are going through the roof. Rents aren't cheap. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's a lot of people like the demand is there, but they're kind of like, Hey, wait, let me see if I can time the market to get the, the cheapest possible house. Hmm. I mean, longer term, I was looking at a couple of uh, just charts about, how much immigration Canada's taking in. Okay. The study that I was looking at, I think I've sent it to you before. Basically, it says, you know, birth rates in Canada are obviously going down. The birth rate that we have in the country uh, basically is not sufficient to replace the death rate. So more people are dying because, you know, there's the baby boomer generation, which is growing old, the generation before them, they're dying, they're growing old. Basically, we're losing more people than we're adding to yeah. our population. Yeah. Uh, this is causing issues, obviously, because if we don't have a younger population to be able to tax their working years to fund the pensions for the older folks, we are in like a bit of a conundrum here. 
The other thing is you need young people, obviously, because they yeah. work, they generate tax revenue for the country, et cetera, et cetera. So Canada, smartly, is allowing people to immigrate in the country. It's a very business and, you know, a financially savvy decision. It's not a lot of people think Canada is sometimes very generous and it is. However, I do think that it's also mm. an economic decision, which yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of decisions are. It's because of yeah. money um, that they're letting people in here because we need people uh, of working age to be able to pay their taxes, etc. in the country, bring economic prosperity. And you have a lot of wealthy people moving in. You do. It's not you even do. just no, that. The, it's just youthful, but there's a lot of wealthy people bringing in a lot of money to money, Canada. Agreed, agreed, agreed. We are very harsh on our immigration system, like our point system or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's not easy to come here as an immigrant in Canada. Yeah. You, um, It's a pretty tough system from what I understand. From, from what I know, sorry to cut you off, but from what yeah. I know in like countries where they're trying to, for example, move out in developing countries, the saying is, if you've got a lot of money, yeah. you go to Canada. I mean, the first priority is the states, okay? Yeah. Um, and if if you got uh, not enough money to get into the states, you go into Canada. If not enough money for Canada, you go to Australia. And if you got nothing, right. you go to like Italy. <laughs> so, so that's kind of how it's like filtered too. So it's not like it's there. It's uh, something that we're making up. This is real, like really the understanding that everybody has as immigrants of where to look based on how much money you've got agreed 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 now that's that's very interesting um so where was i going with this basically a lot of these people coming into the country yeah. like you said they tend to be quite wealthy and yes they're the ones that prop up the real estate market that we have and will consist consistently drive demand for real estate in canada this is why although a lot of millennials etc can't afford a house i understand and it sucks but there are a lot of wealthy immigrants that still can and this is how the real estate market is going to stay propped up yeah. um it's it's not going to have a crash for for my from what i can see it's going to yeah. stay propped up because of you know the these buyers that are coming from foreign countries i mean i think uh to be honest like uh, i i'm definitely in the real estate market right now to buy because now's yeah. a very good time to buy you're never no, going to time the market at the bottom. Here's the you, never, you never are. You never yeah. are. When you know where the bottom is, it's on its way up and it's going to go up much faster than it is like when it's coming down. Um, right now is a really good time because you see you can find some good deals, man, especially in the months to come. And this is why I'll say every listener should listen to this. There's a lot of people, uh, in, I would say, from January to March of last year who... Yeah whether they should have or shouldn't have is a different story got into private mortgages so that they can Ouch. top up their normal mortgage to get into yeah. a house because they thought it was going to go another 20 30 percent up Correct. those mortgages private mortgages are always a year um for a year and they can yeah. terminate it easy they're not going to be up for renewal there's going to be a lot of people who are forced to sell because just the loan to value ratio is like too insane and you can find some good pieces and the private industry is going to be the mortgages it's going to have an incentive to push their um borrowers into receivership first because they want their their borrower to default first so they have they're the first one on the on the block to go into bankruptcy so that they can grab as much money as possible than the fourth one because by that time the price is already getting down and everybody kind of knows what the game is and all that so yeah yeah, I would I would have money ready and I would be going out and looking for stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. You mean there's going to be some desperate sellers like fire sales. Yeah. People are going to yeah. be forced to sell. Yeah. Which is usually when you, you as a buyer have the best deals. Yeah. yeah. When someone yeah. else is forced to sell. 
when 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 they know hey listen like like we've got like um 30 days to pay or whatever it is i have to get like a decent price before like you know like you can you can uh, uh carve out some good deals this is this it'll be a good time for the yeah. ones who are ready not a good time for the ones who got into some bad deals yeah 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 uh, i mean it's interesting interesting what what do you think happens in 2023 I know it's far to make predictions like that, but what do you think happens next year? Man, it's... Do you think we stabilize? Okay, so we're not in the world we were in 2008. 2008, Chinese GDP was 3%. Chinese GDP now is like around 20%. And Mm -hmm. they want their sphere of influence, good or bad. I'm not arguing that. Um, and there's a lot of pushback. The the our economy largely was was um, a derivative or sh- was from like how strong the U.S. economy is. U.S. economy is not as strong as it was in 2008. Is highly financialized. Mm-hmm. Um, even people coming plowing back the U.S. dollar is not indicative of the strength of the U.S. economy, but the perception of the U.S. dollar, which may change. Right. Um, and so I don't know, man, 2023, cause everybody's kind of moving. I mean, there's a Bill Gates kind of quote that came out that he just kind of is saying 2024 definitely is going to pull up a civil war. Um, what? Just, yeah. Um, it was the other day. I forget Seriously. like where it was. He was just, he was, it was, it was, he said it definitively. It was not even a 30%, yeah. 40% chance. So he says it definitively yeah. reason being that, um, um, again, the haves and have nots, huge disparity, which means that there's people who are underemployed or don't have money. And it's that 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 um, part is growing. And in terms of politics, you mm-hmm. have people who are not willing to compromise. Like Trump did not want to compromise or secede power last elections. Yeah. So we're going to have to see, see more of that. And when you don't have money, you're going to have very different outlooks and perspectives on what's happening. So. I would say, um, absent all the geopolitical, um, uh, I guess things, I feel like uh, we're gonna if if and if nothing breaks, I say yeah, I agree. It'll go up to four and a half percent. Yeah, see a recession. Um, I say it'll go up to four and a half percent, but by uh, we have two more hit rate hikes, right? Would we do? Correct. We'd probably move into like three rate hikes. To go up to four and a half. Yeah. And then we'll start making it come down. Probably okay. come down a quarter basis or whatever. And then at right. the end of the year, I would say um, we would be right where we are now, but mm-hmm. maybe, or maybe a little bit higher. Right. Um, but with the different perspective right now, the, 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 the perspective um, or the expectation is that things are going up. I think that that expectation is that we've kind of tapered off and it's okay to go into the market. Okay, so you're saying at the end of 2023 we'll be we'll we'll be do like a round trip. We'll be back where we are today. Yeah, but okay. with a different with, with a different expectation. We'll be around okay. maybe three and a half, right? I don't know. Yep. with yep. a different expectation. What about you? Okay. <laughs> at the end of next year, I think we'll be. I think we'll be higher than where we are today. Oh yeah. I think we'll be around the five ish percent mark. Oh man, you think we're gonna stay at five? Yeah, I think so. Damn. I don't think it's gonna be. Damn. I think inflation's gonna be stubborn. Yeah, I, th- I don't think it's gonna come down that quickly. I don't think inflation's gonna come down. I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm and just saying we're gonna be forced to. 
Uh, and I think it's really going to be a, a thing about the, the the central bank to then decide: Are they chasing inflation? Is that what they're yeah. doing? Yeah. At the cost of like k- killing the, their own economy, like there's a consequence. Yeah. All of these decisions have consequences, right? Yeah, you yeah. can't have it. You and I live. We know the world. We don't live in a perfect world. You do something, yeah. something has a cost, yeah. right? I work longer at work. I'm away from my family. There's a cost to everything you do in yeah. life. Yeah. So they just have to be okay with like, okay, we're gonna screw the economy, but we want to chase inflation because that's the worst problem. They're yeah. gonna have to make that calculus, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you never, um, you never win the inflation war. You never. I, it's my perspective is you never. You win mean the something war. is something is damaged. Something else takes a toll. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. When there is inflation, that means that, and and there's one thing where real estate's going crazy, fine. But when basic milk and eggs are going up in price, that is not a result of people saying, man, I want so many eggs because I got like, you know, like I want them, you know, like, no, you eat as much as, you know, like you need. That's what it is. And so, but because there's a lot of money kind of sloshing around, you can yeah. push up the prices on that, right? Because it's just it's it's a bidding thing. Now what you're doing is you're starving people, basically saying, "Hey, certain people can't have the eggs," yeah, which brings down the bidding war, which means that there's people who are starving. You get what I mean? So it's like, so that is not something. That's what they're trying to do to get the inflation intact. When in reality, what ends up happening is, um, you have you're doing this, but like. Salaries are going to start going up as well because people are going to be demanding more. And I see you could see it already, man. It's like burgers already cost like freaking twenty bucks now. There's yeah. no way. Remember, remember Tuny Tuesdays at Popeyes. Mm. That doesn't happen. <laughs> that never that happens, happen. man. Yeah, I feel like that that segment of the labor market, though, um, those like fast food workers, etc., their wages are definitely going up because uh, it's harder to get people to do those kinds of jobs now. For whatever reason, the pandemic has yeah. shifted what people are doing, and it's just harder to to replace those kinds of people. I think professional find them. salaries are going up too, man. No, I that's true. Argue. They 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 have done. Yeah, a lot of yeah. uh, corporates have increased salaries. That's for sure. Yeah. No question. Uh, but yeah, I mean, interesting times. So you're saying? Well, I think we're both saying. Real estate, relatively modest, no price crash or anything like mm. that. You're no. saying round trip on interest rates. I'm saying interest rates higher than where they are right mm-hmm. now, closer to five, likely chasing inflation. Okay, interesting. We'll uh, do another one of these in Q4 and see what we think. Yeah, see if our opinions change. Yeah. All right. Anything else you wanted to add on this whole topic? No, nah, man. What about you? No, nothing else. I think we can leave it there. Awesome. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care, guys. Take care.